Hallelujah. So what we're going to talk about this morning in this Biblical Solutions for Life, we are going to look at, um, well, we're going to look at a few things. So, Father, I thank you that this message is covered in the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High God and that we abide stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Your power, no foe, no enemy can withstand, overcome, bring down, or do anything else except bow. We thank you that we are hidden in Christ. We are hidden in you. We are protected. You draw, Holy Spirit, every man, woman, boy, or girl that is supposed to hear this message, whether they be here in the building physically or they're joining us virtually online. But wherever they happen to be, even if it happens to be rebroadcast, they will hear your voice speaking. We will all hear you. We are hidden in you. We are covered in your blood. We are protected by your word and by your spirit. We thank you for the angelic presence that's here. We thank you that this word goes forth and it is not shut down, that it is an eternal word, and this is the season in which we will hear and we will align accordingly. I praise you for that. I present myself before you as the vessel this morning. And I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, that you bring to my remembrance that which you once said, that my eyes are open to see what the Father is doing, to hear what the Father is saying, to see what Jesus is doing, to hear what Jesus is saying, to see what you are doing, and to hear what it is that you want to say. My tongue is your pen as a ready writer for you to write upon our hearts, and we will receive it in thanksgiving and truth everything that you have to say to us this morning and this afternoon. And we thank you for it in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So funny thing, I did this presentation because we're, I, I'm going to take you through some explanations and they're online. You don't actually have to take notes today. I would like for you to enjoy the moment of listening and receiving. Because, um, as I'll explain, there's a lot of things that are, are going to be able to come your way, and so you will be enriched. I want you to receive this as we are hearing this from the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, last night I had worked on these slides. I've been working on them all week, but last night was the, I just started to put them together. And as I was saving it, I saved it in a form that I could use it for quick notes if I wanted to. And as I was saving it, my computer said, well, we're having a little bit of an issue with this. And when I shut the program and then opened it again, there was not a single one of the things that I had written on that document. So we're talking about an hour and a half, and it all disappeared. And I said, no, 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 no. And I looked at the PDF that I'd saved, and I was grateful that all of the changes were there in the PDF, but for whatever reason, they weren't in the PowerPoint. And so I'm like, no, no, no. And I opened it up, and it said, this is what you get. It's like, no, that's not it. And then I did it again. And finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to do something different. So I did a save as, and it showed up. All of a sudden, the screen changed, and it showed up. So when I tell you that this message is brought, <laughs> uh, um, and that there's opposition against it, you will understand. When we teach on the kingdom, when we teach about covenant 
as teachings go forth on the tabernacle and the patterns according to the will of God, and when we teach on the blood of Jesus, there is um, panic in the demonic realm because the truth comes forth. And within that comes identity and recognition of things that there'll be lights that just ping on all of a sudden and we're going, how did I not know this? At least those are the moments I've experienced in preparing for this. Let's go on uh, to the... I want to give you an overview of certain things. Go on a couple of them to the one that says the battle is won. These are the setups of understanding for us. The battle is won and the victory claimed from the place of truth. All right? We're in the place of truth when we're in the word of God and we're listening to what the spirit of the Lord has to say. And we choose to submit to that, regardless of what we think we know, regardless of what we have operated on in the past, regardless of our propensity for the Old Testament or old ways or things that we see or hear other people do. The spirit of truth makes himself known. And so we win and, or take hold of our, our victory claimed from the place of truth. See, because truth is what won us. Truth is what saved us. Truth is what turned things around. So when we see life, it has to be from his position. The Bible tells us that we're seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So therefore, we're in the place of truth. Now, if you get out of that seat and go running over here to the bottom of the pit and start looking at things from the pit, well, then you're not going to see from the vantage point of the victory. You're going to see, be in the midst of the defeat. Even when you're in the midst of a war, you have to understand, I'm not going to look at the war from the natural perspective. I have to look at it from thy seat. I have to look at it from the place of victory, from the place of truth. Because the truth is that what you see is temporary, but what God said is eternal. That has to be our focal point. And so all those, but what about, what about, you got to stop that. Because there is no what about. What about when this, but what about this? Truth is truth. His truth. Truth is a person is a spirit, and he doesn't falter because your circumstances change. Hear that. He does not change because of your circumstances. Truth is always himself. Are you hearing me? Okay. So next one, when the pattern is followed, it says that the glory manifests. These are just nuggets, things that you'll understand, because these are the things that will take place over this course of time as these words are coming forth in, in Biblical Solutions for Life 1 and 2 and during the week. There are moments when you're going to sense the rising of the glory of God on the inside, manifesting changes on the inside of you, manifesting changes outside of you, manifesting the will of God, or in other words, the will of God made known, the truth being seen in the places where you are as we receive what he has to say as the unvarnished truth and cease and desist from trying to find a way to, to find fault with what he says and instead find fault with what Satan says. Satan uses, tries to use us to find fault with God, but God is truth. Always, okay? So when the pattern is followed, and that's what he's teaching, according to the pattern, according to the way that it really is, not the way you thought it was, not the way you've been told it was by those that did not know. 
but the way it really is, understanding, hearing, walking in, believing, and so forth, giving the way he says, receiving the way he says, sharing the way he says, praying the way he says, walking the way he says, talking the way he says. As we do those things, we're following the pattern of the Lord Jesus Christ and the glory manifest. All right? Somebody say something. Thank you. Okay, I just wanted to see if your voices were working. Beautiful. Next is the definition again, manifestation. And I'm going to go through, we're going to go through these very quick to get to um, the main part here, okay? But manifestation is defined as, go ahead and read it. Okay, one, two, three. That's manifestation. So when something happens, it's like, I, as I told you before, I used to struggle on this word. What does this word mean? Manifest, manifest, manifest. And I, I mean, for years and years, I didn't really know. So it's like, what does this word mean? It means the truth is seen. Ah, I understand that. Because there's only one truth. It keeps coming back to that, all right? The truth is seen. In every scenario of life, I'm looking for the truth to show up. And until it does, this thing's not over. Okay? That's the way we look at it. So the next one, it says, um, what are you saying about? And that's a question. So what are you currently saying about your life, your health, your wealth, uh, your future, the circumstances? Uh, what are you saying about any of these things? That's a question. What are you currently saying? And so we understand that the answer to that there's a lot of answers people give, but there is only one answer. And I didn't put that up on a, on a post, but, the, the, but I want this to uh, reverberate on the inside of you. What are you saying about your health? What are you saying about your life, your wealth, your future, your circumstances? And the answer is, I'm saying what God says. That's the only answer. Whatever you're currently saying, if it's not what he said, you have to change it. You change it. It's just that simple. Well, my life sucks. God never said that. God never said that. You heard that on TV. And it became, oh, no, sucks. Wow, that's gross, but okay. And it became a standard for people. Oh, it just totally sucks. Well, God didn't say that. He says it about babies, about suckling, you know, so forth. But maybe about lollipops and popsicles. But he doesn't say it about your life. So stop that. Okay, neck bones too, sure. Getting the gristle, all that. But you get what I'm saying, all right? If God is not saying it, then why would you? That's what a question that we put in ourselves. If, you know, I'm walking along, and it's like, I'll tell you what, I just can't. If God's not saying it, Lindsay and Lethal Lee, oh, that's right. What were you going to say? Nothing. Nothing. I got no argument, okay, other than what God said. And that will settle it. This is who we were born to be. There's a lot of unnecessary conversation that will start going on. I don't want to hear about how your feet are. I want to hear you tell your feet what they are. I don't want to hear about your bones being dry. I want you to talk about the moistening of them. That's what he's telling us. I, I don't want to hear the complaint. I want to hear the remedy. We are remedy-oriented, problem solvers, not creators. Well, we do create a problem for the devil as we do this. But who cares? Okay? So you're saying what God says because here's the answer to a question. Or did you know, did you know that in truth you are only what God says that you are? 
And your answer now, as of today, is yes. I know this. Okay, good. So we go with what we know. If you said no, I did not know, well, you know now. I like the way Kirk Franklin says it. If you don't know, now you know. Okay, so, so we know. And we can repeat it over and over. And, and, and this is a group of people. If you look around you at the folks that are here, these people will tell you. When you, when you say something like that and they're fresh off the, fresh off the classroom or fresh off of I just got pricked with that myself, I'm glad to let you know. You ain't saying what God said, and you've got to. Did you know that in truth you're only what God says that you are? Well, now you know. I'm here to tell you because we family. Family. Got it? So family, let's grow together. And if they give you feedback, don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit's got you. You don't need to fix it. Let him do it because they'll walk away. you get that phone call. You don't need it. You don't need them to say, I'm sorry, I just, I don't even need your I'm sorry. I'm just glad you did it because that brings you back into alignment. I don't need your apology, but by all means, give your apologies. Give it to God. God, I'm sorry. I, I, I repent. Why? Because it brings us back into alignment. That's why we want to release those uh, apologies or, or we want to release, uh, we, why we want to release forgiveness, why we want to release these things, why we want to release people from prisons of the past, even if it was five minutes ago. It's still the past. Move them forward. Give them the grace that you want. With the same grace, with the same hope that we have, we give it to you. All right? That's the way he works. So everything else is counterfeit. Only what God says about you is true. What everybody else says is a lie. Well, your body is doing this. That's not what God says. Well, this is happening. That's not what God says. does mean there's going to have to be some correction does mean that there's going to have to be, apparently I'm in disobedience. That's the only reason I can think of why this would have came in. So I'm going to go back to the Holy Spirit and find out what, what, what do you want to fix? Where did I leave an opening? Let's get this taken care of because he can't touch me. The enemy cannot have me. This is not what you said about my body. You never said this was what I was supposed to be like. And since this is currently the situation that I am facing, I'm coming to you. We're not talking about... Um, I'm talking about just going on ahead and finding out where was there an opening that that sneak got into because we need to get that sneak out and close that up and never give it place again. This is not the time to sit there and try to tell everybody how good you are and how you never sin because the Bible says that you're a straight up liar. How did Jesus come to forgive you for something you never do? <laughs> I didn't need forgiveness. I never sinned. Liar. I hope your pants do catch on fire. Just to remind you, right? Okay? So with him, this is what we're doing in, in terms of what we're doing now. We're contending. To remind him, to, to, to contend is to remind him of what he said. And the next slide says, until. Okay? And then go on. The truth is seen. So we're reminding him of what he said. When you look at this word, I'm reminding you, this is really where we are. We're in this season. This word is so, has, we've come to the last part of it, and we're in the season of the truth about what he said being seen. We're in the season now where 
the dreams, the visions, the promises, the homes, the money, the cars, and other modes of transportation, the buildings and property will not be a scarcity, are no longer a scarcity for us. We're not hoping somebody someday will come in with the, according to what the apostles saw and bring us the title deed and, and so forth. No, we're in the time where the expectation is that's happening, whether they're they are. They will physically come through the door. Maybe they saw her first online. Whatever it happens to be, because he showed it, and she told it, he has done it. I didn't say he will do it. I said he has done it. She got to see. It's like watching a, a, a program that was pre-taped. So she got to see the film rolled to see an occurrence in her life that is already done. And she got to see the movie and we got to hear about it. And so just as when anybody describes something, you start getting a mental picture of it. What does this person look like? Are they tall or are they short? Are they this or are they that? Forget about that. All we know is this is a good movie. It's a true story. And the unfolding of it, the more we talk about it, we bring it from future into now. That's contending. Bringing what he said from future tense into now. So it's not all what he's going to do or going to do. It's what he has done. Okay? Y'all with me? Everything is like that because we're talking the already done, the already done. This is not metaphysical. It's not new age. It's truth. All that stuff they do, that's a lie. This is truth because we only deal with what God said, what Jesus did, what God desires. We talk from with who the Holy Spirit is to us and all of this. This is, the, this is what we stand upon. And then our obedience, my obedience rewarded eternally. Well, eternally starts now. That's the more in our name. All right? Okay, so the truth is seen. And when the truth is seen, then the will of God has been made known. These are reviews. I've, I've, we've talked these things before. But when the truth is seen, the will of God is made known. And that's what we want. I mean, how many of you are waiting, not desiring the will of God to be done? I didn't think anybody would raise their hand on that. And that's good. I'm so glad I'm with the right people. No, when the truth is seen, then we get to point to that, and we get to point to it the way Peter did on the day of Pentecost, that, that significant day of Pentecost, when they went out and he said, hey, let me tell y'all, everything God said, this is that. Yes. This is that. That's when the truth is seen. Hey, you know what I was telling you about? This is that. This is it. This is that. This is that. Say it. This is that. That's what the truth is seen means. This is that. That thing that we were talking about? Yeah, this is it. This is it. Yeah, this is it. Wow. This is it. You know, I know this is it. No, it's not just it. This is that. Oh, this is that. Yes, that. What? That which was foretold that was already done has come into the now. So this is that. That's fun. That's just having fun with it. Because I get to go, is this my, my day of this is that? What morning, what day are you on? The day of this is that? 
Today ain't going to be a day. This is that. This is that. This is my this is that day. What kind of day you having? Well, I might have a this is that day too. All right. That's two of us. Anybody else? Yeah, I'll have a this is that. I'll have a this is that. It's like being in a restaurant and somebody orders something that nobody ever heard of. It's like, whew, that sounds good. I think I'll have one of those too. And I'll have one of those. It's not copying. It's conforming and coming into unity. Got it? So I'm having a this is that day. And you are too. Manifestation. The truth is seen. I'll have to add a slide. This is that. All right. Okay. Let's go on. Turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. Um, okay. 1 John chapter 5. I'll get there. And it's actually up on the board, too, and this is the New King James Version, okay? It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. So, in other words, he who loves, <laughs> loves the one that's sent, the one that he's born of, loves, loves him, loves, we love, love, love. We love the Father, we love the Son, we love the truth of what the Father is saying. By this we know that we love the children of God. See, we love each other. When we love God and keep his commandments. Now, God's commandments cover every part of our lives. It covers our bacon. It covers our Louis Vuitton or Volkswagen, or Mercedes, or whatever. It covers our travel. It covers our relationships. God has commands for every part of our lives. In other words, there is an answer to every question and a solution to every issue. That's what his commands are. It is not some mean old deity sitting on a bed. I told you to do it this way. Oh, yeah, before the Lord beats me with, you know, that's not this. That's not this. His commandments are the ordinances, the pattern, and the breakthrough that we need. His words, his commandments always lead to victory and the truth being seen. His commandments lead to the this is that's of our lives. Okay? So he says, when we love him, and we do it because we love him, because, and how do we love him? We love him because we received his love for us. That's the only way you can actually love God. Because when you receive God's love for you, it changes your heart to desire to obey him just because he's good. And that's an action of that love. It's a, it's a directing of his love back toward him. I'm loving you with your love for me. I'm loving you through your love for me. And I'm obeying you because you're good. It ceases to be behavior modification. I'll be good. I'll be good. You know, every kid that ever said I'd be good really wasn't. <laughs> At least I would. I'll be good, but mm -mm, not really. <laughs> I won't do this where you could catch me ever again, Mom. When I have the donut crumb on my mouth and stuff, I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll sneak the food from now on. And I'll, this is the story she's told of when I was about four, I was four, three or four, and I was the only one in the house. My brother was a baby, so he couldn't have done it. But she had uh, those white powdered donuts. 
And um, they didn't, weren't hostess. It, it was a bag of, of donuts. And she had to go next door. And she left me in there with those donuts. <laughs> donuts and bacon seemed to be a real big deal in our family since growing up. So she leaves, and I want a donut. And she, I don't recall if she said I could not have one or whatever it was. I must have thought that she wasn't going to let me have one. So I did what any smart child would not do. I reached into the bag, took the donut, took a bite, and put the donut back in the bag. <laughs> now, I really remember this. I saw my little teeth marks. My mom, this is not Dr. Baker I'm talking about. I'm talking about my mother at the time of that, of that uh, rendering. And my mother, one thing about her sense of humor is that you, her thoughts will percolate through her mind and then come onto her face. And in her face, I know this child don't think I'm this stupid. Because my brother is an infant. He's in a cradle if he's anywhere at all. And he didn't have any teeth. <laughs> there was no, I had a dog, possibly I had the dog at that time, I don't know, but the dog didn't do it. So here it is formulating her, so I get in trouble. Because another thing is that the evidence, trace evidence is everywhere because it's a white powdered donut. So if you've ever eaten one of those, you know the proof is there. So I got it here and probably there, and I'm sitting there. And she looks and she asks me all this stuff. It's like, and then I lied. No, I didn't do it. Okay, so that's just, how dumb do you think your parents are? Well, you can tell by the, the, the weakness of your own lie, right? So what do we do? We go through whatever my discipline was. I'm sure I got in trouble, but I blank out on the rest of the story. But here's what I do know. In my resolve was, I'll be good, which means... You'll never catch me again. Next time I'll eat the whole donut. Okay. That was my definition of I'll be good. And that's not good. I'm going to still rebel, but I'm not going to let you catch me. So it's not behavior modification, which basically means I'll adjust my behavior to fit the circumstances, but I haven't changed on the inside. Okay. So no, that's not how we love. We love God and keep his commandments according to how he said it, not that other thing. All right. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not a burden. For whatever, this is verse 4, you want to <clears throat> mark this, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith is the victory that has overcome the world. We are born of God, and so we were born to overcome the world. Born from above to overcome the world, the system. And the victory that has overcome the world is our faith, which we know from Mark 11 is God's faith. Born of him, of his spirit, of his likeness, of his faith of his overcoming power, of his blood. You see what I'm saying? So everything is rooted in who he is in us. Who he is is who he is in us. So truth abides on the inside. Who is he who overcomes the world? Well, if that's me, then I am the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So those are some of the tenets of, of what we're saying. Keep going. This is he, verse 6 who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. Right. 
and it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. There he is. The Spirit is truth. For there, there are three that bear witness in heaven. This is going to be a place that we keep coming back to. All right? Three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And there are these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the Father, wait a minute, these three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. So there are three that bear witness a record, another translation says three that bear record in heaven and then three that bear witness on earth. So that record is, in the King James it says record. And why is that important? Because that's that testimony. It's recorded. It's the way that it is. It's the established record. It's legal. It's legal and it's in effect. And then bearing witness in the earth of that which is in heaven. We're going to get into this a lot, but today I just want to cover it to introduce you to where we're going, all right? Um, verse 9, it says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. All right? That's going to be a passage of scripture that we will refer back to over the course of time. That, that we do this. So I want to introduce you to what we're going to be talking about. Over the next period, season, we're going to be dealing with addressing and learning how to operate in the power-filled voice, or to hear the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. We know that the blood speaks, but this will be a course that we actually have, and I'm going to give you an overview. So this is the course overview. Ready? This is a course. Now, I already told you that you won't need to um, take a lot of notes today. I'm going to explain to you how this is going, and then we're going to go into it a bit and um, take it from there. Could you do me a favor and have me the glass, please? Um, okay. It's a little warm up here. All right. So the course overview. Basically, how I'm understanding it right now, this is subject to change, is that there are eight primary lessons and eight secondary lessons. I have, I have water. Thank you. Eight primary lessons, thank you, and eight secondary um, studies, okay? Meaning that we're going to have the basic lesson in biblical solutions for life, and then there will be some other things that are also released to us that we'll be able to study through. There's, there's going to be more. Let's just keep going, and I'll explain that, all right? And I said eight. That's my understanding of it. It could kind of shift a little bit if I break it down a little bit, but it, it is eight primary courses, and everything else just kind of comes under that. So the upcoming class resources, this is what you're going to have. You're going to have study outlines. You're going to have video teaching, which is what's happening right now. And then there'll be recaps, and the recaps will be separate videos or podcasts or whatever it is that we come up with. And we as a team of folks that are working with me to, to do this, we're, we're turning this into 
Um, a course that you can take because you're going to need, I'm going to need, we all need to keep going through this. And the outlines will give you the parameters of what to study for that week. They'll be released actually on Wednesdays. And then um, from Wednesday to Saturday or Sunday or Saturday, you need to study this. You need to, if you want to, you know, to go back through it. And when we can get them up faster, we'll get them, I'll get them up faster. But for now, it's going to be Wednesday because we're condensing so many different things to put it in this teaching form. When I say you'll have study outlines, they'll be available online. And when I can get them in advance, we will also have them here for you to pick up if you happen to be here. So this is the way that this is going to go. And then the video recap or the teaching, as I said, will be the condensed version of Biblical Solutions for Life where we're actually getting into the lesson. So I would guess that 45 minutes or so or an hour. But it will be right in there so that you can go back and listen again. The slides will be on the screen. So you don't need, I'm not putting the PowerPoint up, but the study outline so that you can actually start writing. You'll have all of the scriptures. And whatever notes it is that you might want to jot down, that's fine. But you don't have to take pictures of anything. You don't have to do any of that because all of this is a, is a class that will be on astoundinglove.org slash lessons. I, I think that's what it is. Or PL, uh, Pastor Lindsay's notes. Something like that. But there will be a whole um, different page. This might, that website might change or address might change a little bit. Because we're, we're creating something different. Okay? So this is a course that you, that you get to take. All right, keep going. Um, so I said, yeah, it's online, and it begins Wednesday, January 20th. So that's this Wednesday that these notes from this morning and the outline and so forth, it will be available to you. Will we send it an email? Not really. I, I think that that's where our engagement has to start. And if you, can't, if you don't have web access, you've got to make a friend. But if you want the printout, which you're going to need, and you're going to need a folder or a binder or something to put this in because this is school. This all prepares us. Everything that we'll be doing here is preparing us to hear, to understand, to grasp what the apostolic release is in Biblical Solutions for Life Session 2. And also the things that we hear, we'll be able to start putting them, rightly dividing the word of truth and putting things in the order that they are to be. And we're going to find ourselves growing. Let me just keep taking you through. You're going to grow. These are the objectives. To grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding and insights and have life application. Those are words that I've heard Apostle Baker speak for years. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and insights. And this is the pattern of which how we're doing it. But it does, you see, the thing is, um, what Jesus did, the sacrifice that he made once for all, he never ever has to do that again because he's already taken care of it. It was a one-time deal. But what we do with this blood is not a one-time deal. What we do with this word is not one time. We engage. We allow it to transform us, to change us. And in order to do that, we have to become so fluent in kingdom speak, in spirit talk, that we no longer falter at a circumstance or a situation because we will, be re, uh, we will be walking the same path Jesus did. And the Bible does not record a time when he was so overwhelmed he gave up. He never did it. 
And so because he abides on the inside of us and because of the power of his blood, we have the opportunity not to falter anymore. As we grow in wisdom, then you know what to do and when to do it, when to speak and when not to. Because it'll be not the natural wisdom, the earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom that you read about in James. It won't be the doctrines of the demonic. It'll be the word of God that will have a spirit-led, spirit-controlled life. And we'll walk in his wisdom. We'll walk in his, grow in his knowledge. The ways of the spirit of God. The ways that he speaks the word. The ways that the blood of Jesus takes um, takes precedence in such situations and scenarios, the way that the word of God is to be handled. All of these type of things will start to work, will grow in that knowledge, will grow in understanding of what the spirit of God is saying, of why a circumstance appears to be one way, but God is saying it's something else. We'll grow to understand what it means to wait on the Lord, what it means to stand still and see the salvation of God, what it means to release a word in due season, what it means to, to cultivate or to, to thrust in the sickle because the harvest is ripe. We'll understand the times and we'll understand the ways of the Spirit. The Bible talks about how the people knew the acts of God, but Moses, Moshe knew his ways. And this speaks of intimacy because of the provision that the blood of Jesus has given us to have intimacy with the Father. Okay? See, that's the voice of the blood speaking. This is what I died for you. This is what I'm shed for you to do. This is why I've this is the provision that I've made. And then the insights into that, those are those fabulous aha moments. And those, this is that moments that we will have because it's like, Whoa, wow, what? You know, we sound almost like 60 surfer people. I mean, we're in California, so it's okay. But, um, but we really will because the insights, it's like, whoa, I did not see that. How did I not see this? Thank you that I see this now. And then what happens? It goes right back at the top. Now that you've seen it, the wisdom to how to do it, what to do with it, the knowledge and the understanding will come and this will be how you apply these things. This is how you will live your life from the rest of our days in the earth. That's, these are big words, and I'm not the one that's backing them up. Hallelujah. I have absolute confidence in this because it's not me, all right? So the life of the flesh, this is more of what we're going to talk about, the life of the flesh found in his blood. What's in there? Covenants, blessing, communion, blood and water, identity, valuation, and different topics that will be a part of under those. Remission, atonement, redemption, forgiveness, and the powers granted through his blood. Oh, I look so forward to knowing what the powers that are granted through his blood. I am having a ball doing this, studying this. This is like uh, coming out, like coming in and having him say, sit down. I'm, I'm, get, I'm taking you to Holy Spirit College, and these are your advisors, and this is this, and this is what I said. I want you to glean this part from this one, and this one from this one, but this is original to this house. And there will be textbooks that I'll tell you about and different things like that, but we're laying the foundation first. And we'll, uh, there will be things that are available to all of us, but the primary resources will come from a book that you already have. I actually have 66 of them. That's it. That's it. 
All right. So this, it will come from your condensed library, meaning you got all of those books right here. Okay. I have several Kindle Fires, and I have over three or four thousand books. I don't know how many, and I will never read them all. I'm not even trying to because the ones that I'm reading now are the ones that are necessary. But in different seasons, I read different types of things. This season is the most exciting season of my life because the truth is made known. And so it changes us. We'll be revitalized. Again, remission, atonement, redemption, forgiveness, and then the powers granted through his blood, powers granted to us. When the blood starts speaking through us, the power manifests, right? What does that mean? Wait and see. It's coming. Coming soon to an event near you, okay? Other topics, Passover. All these pertain to the blood and what the blood, the conversation of the blood of Jesus. Passover, tabernacle, priests and kings, royalty and holiness, power and authority, light and legalities, and kingdom economy. It's all in there. And how will it happen? It will happen by way of scripture, demonstration, and power. All things that he says, the Bible talks about how the, as the word was being preached, that the Holy Spirit came with signs following, with demonstrations and power of the Holy Spirit, demonstrations and power, which is the truth seen, the manifested truth seen. That means healings flow. It means things start popping off of people. That means people start rising up out of, uh, out of off the sick beds or death beds. It means that cancers start to fall away. All of these things happen because this is what the blood of Jesus says. And us understanding really how to commune with him, how that the elements of the cup and the, and, the, and the bread, and how we take both, not just one or the other, but both. Understanding the resurrection, as Paul said, because my desired determined purpose is to know him and the, the fellowship of the sufferings and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him so intimately as I am known. I have this opportunity to get to know him because his blood has provided a gateway. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. You can say thank you anytime. We do thank you, Lord. Thank you for this Holy Spirit. All right, so what to expect? What, do you, what should you be expecting with this, okay? You should expect transforming, life-changing, groundbreaking, stain-removing, sin-annihilating, overcoming victory. This is that. This is what you expect. And we talked when we opened up this morning, we talked about how you can say, well, I don't give to get. But God says, well, you should expect to receive because, of your, you, because it's an exchange. It's always an exchange. That's a covenant term. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. So therefore, when you give me of yours, you're giving me of mine. Because what you have belongs to me. But who I am belongs to you. That's why that little song, Jesus is mine. That's not a lie. He is mine. And I'm his. Okay. Read it out loud for yourself.
Say it again. Say it a little louder. Expect it. Everywhere you go, even those little pesky things that are waiting for you outside, like sinful boyfriends that don't want to come to church, waiting in the car, come on, get in the car so you can go back to the life that I have control over. It's like, nah, that's over. Okay? There's so much more. I, I felt like, wow, I could fill 10 slides with what to expect, and it still would only be the tip of the finger. There's so much to what he is saying to us. So I'm going to read from some notes for you in a minute, but I want to bring more in this. You should have, okay, read it one more time. Groundbreaking, stain removing, sin annihilating, overcoming victory. Next slide. Manifesting through you. Expect this. Expect this. You can sense his presence and that he is already, wow, whew, glory to God. Heaven is interested in this message. The will of God being made known is exciting in the spirit realm. When I tell you that the presence of witnesses, the you know, the, or looking in to say, are they really talking about the blood of Jesus? The covenant blood of Jesus? Yes, we are. Not just to talk, but to operate it. That makes you very dangerous in the spirit realm. When we know, as we come to know, and we yield to his spirit and obey and do this the way he wants, the this and that will come so rapidly that it'll just have you turning around. You, don't, you won't know. I was telling my uh, mom and the apostle, as I was starting to study this, I... <laughs> Um, I guess in my case it'd have to be sugar-free, but I feel like I was just given a box of chocolates because I like chocolate, right? But it's every kind of chocolate that I like, and I've got all the textures and the taste and the dark and the light, et cetera, and the different ads, and it's all in this box that's just for me. And it's like I don't even know which one to pick because this is not gonna fatten you up or do any of those other things, but it's like it's all for me. And then what happens is, is that even though all of mine is mine, I have lots of them to give away, whether you like chocolate or you like vanilla or you whatever, I don't care. It could be a cheese board for you, whatever it happens to be, but it's a variety of things that you like, tailor-made for you, and you get to eat them all, and you're not being stingy. Nor are you being greedy. You're being gifted. Because every taste, every texture, every bite, every flavor is going to add to the overall of our lives, the quality of our lives. Now, the scripture says, and I'm saying, if you allow this word to dwell in you, 
if you will allow these words over the season to come into you and to stay. This is not, okay, we, we studied that at the beginning of the year, and then we moved on to something else. We're not going to move very far from this. This is the kingdom message. This is the hallmark. This is, this is the, the partnering with the message, the apostolic voice that, that goes forth. But if you will choose, if you allow this word to dwell in you, you will be healed, Hallelujah. delivered, yes. transformed, established in your faith, and your kingdom identity. You will be on course in your journey. You will be free of pride, free of insecurity, free of competitive comparisons. Your heart will be soft toward God and hard towards the things of the world. Your eyes will see, your ears will hear, your mouth will speak what God wants you to speak. You will move into Holy Spirit-led degrees of intercessory prayer, authority according to the pattern established by the blood of Jesus. The world and the people around you will be changed for the better. Glory to God. Matthew 5.17 Jesus said, don't think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I've not come to destroy. I've come to fulfill. And his blood speaks of that fulfillment. It speaks of the, the, the this is that, of what God said through the law, what God said through the prophets, the fulfilling of what you could not do except that you had the blood of bulls and goats. And he says, no. Nah, I've come to put an end to that and to bring you into the place where the sacrifice is what you can access. And you will get bloody. But it's a different blood. Okay? I was uh, saying with my folks I prayed with last night, we prayed, I said, you're going to get very bloody. This is like, when I see the cross now, I think about crime scenes and I think about, wow, it was a crime scene, but it was a place of victory at the same time because of the saturation of blood. And I think I read some of that to y'all on Wednesday. But the whole outpouring of this blood that, that changed his appearance, his sin, and all these things came trying to grab at him. And the atmosphere when this blood was shed, it was a demonic horde that was gathered around at that place of, of the skulls or uh, Calvary. And there was this whole issue of, we got him now. Oh, this is it, and I will do this, and I will do that, and I will do this, and I will do that, because we got him. This one who was a threat to us is no longer a threat. Look at where he is. Kill him. Crucify him. Stir up the crowds. Get him to say it all the time. Crucify him. Men. Defeat us. Beat us up. Take us down. We're going to totally lose. We're total losers here. That L thing. Loser was on the satanic side and they didn't even know it. Yeah, crucify him. Not knowing. His blood says, yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. Do that thing. Do that thing. But you don't know what you just unleashed when you did it. Okay? This is why he's saying he did a one-time deal. But what we do with his blood in the earth, oh, wow, from the mercy seat on what we do with his blood in the earth makes all the difference to the earth. 
We activate the voice that has spilled into the earth, that answered the cry of one that was wrongfully killed, and that answers the sin, and answers or solves the problem of all sins. And then we're going to look at just a few more things as we get into um, the, the basic lesson that, that you're going to be studying today, all right? So again, you're going to move through this. This is important for the prayer cause, and if you were, I think everybody is now on a prayer team, a prayer call, but if you're not, this is your week to do it. The email went out to tell you the times you need to get on a call. You want to be in alignment, and the, blood, the message of the blood of Jesus is no joke. Get in alliance. Get in obedience. You hear me? You don't have any excuses, none. So don't make any, just do it, all right? You will move into Holy Spirit-led degrees of intercessory prayer because we're going to come by the walk of blood. When you come from the position of the blood, you're speaking the love of God. You're speaking the faith of God. You're actually speaking the joy of the Lord. The, all of the different aspects, the faith of God, the blood and faith in his blood, that's an exercise of that that takes you in intercessory prayer, not just prayer, not just um, rumble a and so forth, but, but you come into these places where you will see with the eyes that are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And you'll hear things clearly and you'll know the difference between his voice because his voice always speaks with the sound of his blood and the demons cannot imitate it. So you will know when you're being lied to because his blood testifies of his truth. Are you seeing this? There's so much more to it. Okay. Um, the, you're going to pray. Spirit-led degrees, because degrees is an ascent, ascending from this, you know, the prayers go from this level to this level to this level to this. Yes, I'm praying from my seat, but the rising of it is happening in the earth. It's not an earthbound prayer. <laughs> not even a little bit, okay? Intercessory prayer authority. The authority of the intercessor. The ability to speak, to proclaim, to decree, to declare is, is, is a mandate, as a mandate from God, the command to say. What is an intercessory prayer? It is the prayers that Jesus prays. It is saying precisely what he says, bringing it forth from the heavenly realm into the earth. It is the standing in the gap. It is the saying, no, this nation will not. No, this shall not be. No, this shall not. With the power and the authority that pushes it back, because it's not discontained in hope. It's the hope of God, which is the expectation that what he said to say, he performs it every time. The intercessory prayer, the expectation of the move or the movement, the, the things, the the. the, the um, establishing of what the Lord said to say that everything that is already in place, all of a sudden, all the curtains are moved and you'll find that everything that you have need of has already been put here. We don't pray catch up prayers. Oh, you got to hurry up and pray because this incident happened. No, 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 no. The intercessory prayer <laughs> sent it ahead. All you got to do is turn that way 
change perspective, and you'll see that the response of heaven was there before the cry went out. Before you call. Okay? This is authority that is according to the pattern that is established by the blood of Jesus because the blood has already gone out. The call, the answer is already in the earth. His blood. His word. It's not, see, this, this is the manifestation of the word of God. We're not, oh, I got to pick the blood over the word. No, you don't. It's, it's the same person. It's the blood of the person. The blood of Jesus is the blood of the word of God. It's the word. This involves faith. It took faith for him to let his blood be shed in the first place. He knew it was going to work. We say, well, he didn't know it was going to work. Well, he did. He did, actually. We already saw it with Abraham and even before that because he was slain before the foundation of the world. So we, he knew it was going to work. God never doubted it. Man did. So that's why we get rid of doubt, because God doesn't have any. Got it? Okay. All right. So, so the world around you and the people around you are going to be changed for the better. You're changing that atmosphere. Let's keep going. You will be. This is still what to expect. You will be highly productive. You will be intentionally obedient. I'm obedient on purpose. I have a purpose. Obedience is a part of it. I don't have any thought to be disobedient anymore. You know, the Lord told me, he said, do you notice the change? It's like, yeah, I'm actually looking for ways to obey. And when I see where I'm like skittering, where, you know, your emotions are, oh, I just, no, you know what? That's not going to be the right way. I can see the thought, but I'm not going to entertain the thought. You don't get to sit down and let's talk about it and let's see if maybe I can find a way to, to you know, still look like I'm obeying. Now, I'm not interested in that anymore. Because as you taste and see the goodness of God, it kind of dulls your taste buds for the other things. And you can't, you know, we always try to, anybody ever tell everybody how you've changed? Okay, sure. Um, that's good. But you know when you see the truth is seen is when somebody tells you. I used to laugh. My mother would give me, I, I say my mother because I was not honoring her in her office. Tell me what to do again. Don't eat that. Do this. Don't do that. Do this. And then after I say, sure, I'm going to do that, about two, three months go by, and my mother say, how's your eating plan going? I used to say, when somebody said, how's your diet coming? Obviously it's not because they're asking. They're not telling you. <laughs> if you're obeying, your program or your whatever, the truth is seen. <laughs> How's your diet going? Usually while you're eating a donut. Or you've gone for thirds at a banquet. How's that diet coming for you anyway? That's not a question that they're actually asking it's a provoking to you to recognize, dude, you ain't fooling nobody but you. Get in obedience. Obedience also includes you not seeing yourself the way the world does, but seeing your life and everything about you the way God says it is. 
So there's a lot of things that have to change. All your fault finding in the, from the wrong place, the wrong quadrant, if you will, it has to stop because we have to put the word of the Lord in its proper place. It has preeminence over everything else. So you will be highly productive, intentionally obedient, effective in acts of righteousness, sorry, clean, 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 and whole. And we'll get into a lot of that in our lesson. So, and that's just for starters. And it's all guaranteed courtesy of the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. He'll back up every bit of this. All right? Okay. So, having said that, let's get started. We're going to start with the Genesis, the beginning. It's not the book of Genesis in this case, but it's the quality of Jesus' blood. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And this is what I want to establish. What we're establishing is the qualities of the blood. We're going to talk just briefly on how you get to see the blood. And we've, these are words that we've said and words that we sing um, sometimes, but maybe have not taken into ourselves the truth of that word. How do, what's the difference? I'm not talking about just that you believe it, but I mean that you are changed by it that you are so transformed in that area that you can't falter or go back, that there is a truth about your salvation and a truth about your value that, allow, that causes you to cease and desist from cheapening yourself with the things of the world that are meant to destroy you. Most of us, the sins we fall in, the relationship issues that we have and all that is because we have had a cheap life. We have been taking... Uh, not even bargain basement, but demonically inspired giftings, things that, that are value systems, I'm going to say, that God never said, and it cheapens your life when you've been paid for at a much higher, you've been valued by his blood at a much higher price. All right? So the quality of Jesus' blood according to 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, but we're going to look, um, 1 Peter 1, I'm reading this out of this uh, supernatural Bible, but it'll still do it. Verse 18, it says, For you know that you were not redeemed from your vain way of life, inherited from your fathers with perishable things like silver and gold. But you were, he's saying, for you were redeemed with the precious blood of Messiah as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So the word that you would underline or highlight in your Bible is the expression, the precious blood, because that tells you the value of the blood, the price of the blood, okay? We're getting a valuation. And so what the next slide is says that his blood is precious. That's how heaven values yes. The blood yes, of Jesus. Yes, yes. His blood is precious. Out of all the places we could go, why would we go here? Because this is the starter. This is the genesis, the understanding. Why would you require the blood of, of goats and, and bulls all these years as a type and a shadow, as a pattern for what would be required to redeem a life? He said, the most precious thing you have. And it's funny because you say, it's my breath. Well, understand that the blood 
The life of your flesh, Leviticus 17, 11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So the breathing, the life is in the blood. The, the breathing, you hear the breath of God is synonymous with the blood. It's where it's a carrier, and I'll, I'll get into that. So his blood is precious. Now, look at the word precious. What does it mean? It means it's valuable, that it is objectively costly or subjectively, how you see it as a subject, it is to be honored or esteemed or beloved. It is dear. That's another word people use for precious. This is dear to me. It's precious. It's, it's of my heart. It is honorable. And it is more than just precious, more, more precious, most precious, and it's had in the reputation. So those are some of the words that are, that are spoken, and that's out of Strong's Concordance. This is all going to be in your notes, right? Um, Strong's Concordance. And so this word, precious, it's valuable. But what is he saying? So here's the question. When do you realize that something or someone is precious? Sometimes it's not until it's threatened or challenged, or lost, or it's needed, or it's stolen. We have devalued people, places, and things in our lives. We have devalued the, 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 the relationship that, God, that Jesus has paid the price for. Much of what we have in life, we've lived such an entitled way that we don't recognize what's really precious. And that's why hay and stubble and all the things that are going to be easily burned up have had more value in our lives than the things that matter. Because we did not count what we have that God has given us as precious. That's why you worry over your children. Because you're not esteeming properly what God is giving you. When you know what the blood of Jesus says, you will cease and desist from worrying about your kids or your this or your that and all of the other stuff. But this is where it comes from. I'm worried that I'm going to, you're worried about your health because you don't know what you have. You have symptoms on your body, but you have truth in your body. You seeing this? So we have to do a, a change of perspective because sometimes it's not until it's threatened or challenged or lost or, or whatever. And so here's the funny thing. This is a quote from Brother uh, Dr. Kenneth e. Hagan. Sin makes the blood of Jesus precious. Why? Because you need something to redeem you from it. And laws and legislature in the earth doesn't redeem you from sin. You can say it's a crime to kill, but it don't stop people from killing or doing any other thing. It's a, it's, it's a crime to sell certain type of drugs. It's a, crime to do, it's a crime to kidnap people. It's a crime to do that. Yes, it is. But do you notice that the legislation of sin does not stop people from sinning? But there is a way to stop it, and it's very precious. As you and I come into, in this season where we're in right now, we need to know this. That's right. That's right. We need to know this. We need to tap into this on a level we never have in our lives because we've just been kind of floating. We're Christian. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're saved. Oh, yes, we are. What does that mean? I don't know. It don't matter. I told you so, right? Okay. So, no, <laughs> that's not where we can live. We're this way. We have to keep going. We're going to have to live with the knowing, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, and the insights yes, yes. 
of the preciousness of the blood of Jesus. This is awesome. His blood is precious. Why? One way is in its power to redeem us from sin. Oh, we need to know that. But what does that mean, Lord? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at the word redeem. It means to release on receipt of ransom. You got to let them go. Okay? It means to redeem or to liberate by payment of the ransom. And I don't mean when they call you, the kidnappers, and say, drop this off at the, you know, bench under the bridge at the park or something like that. This is called rescue. This is, oh, sure, we'll meet you there and we'll take you down. It means to make you free, to liberate. It means to cause you to be released to yourself um, by payment of a ransom. In other words, you're free to be who you are instead of who somebody says you are. You're free to be who God said that you are. It means to be, this is the word redeemed, to deliver from evils of every kind. And look at those last words, internal and eternal. External, forgive me, thank you. Internal and external, the ins and the outs. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. And we say of the Lord, he got me. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my Savior. I'm saved on the inside, saved on the outside. That's what we get to say. By this blood. He does an inside job and an outside job. Let's keep going. Okay. You, this is what the message is. When we talk about the preciousness of the blood of Jesus that was shed for you, then you've got to understand that that's what translates to what you're worth to God. Okay. Now, his blood is precious. Heaven has set a standard for what his blood is priced at. It has no price, if you will. It's priceless. The value is so high, you can't put a price on it. Got that? But you are worth blood to God. I am worth blood to God. You're worth the blood of God, or the blood of Jesus, to God. The blood of his son is what your price is. Now, this is the truth. This is the truth that must be seen. This day you rise from the places that you have thought that you were. Yes. And you rise to the value that has been set for yes. on you. Yes. Hollywood can't set it, baby. Fifth Avenue or Ninth Avenue or 20th Street, Wall Street, stocks, bonds, this, that, and the other. The opinions of the, the boy that you like or the girl that you like, they can't set your value. God has already said it, and you're a lot higher than you thought yourself or allowed yourself to be. You are above torment. You are above all of the noxious fumes of darkness. There is a light that shines through the blood of Jesus that shines on you and through you, in you. You understand? And there is a power 
This is the first part. You are worth blood to God, the blood of his son, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition, the bloodline, the habits of your fathers and forefathers. No, no. You've been redeemed from that bloodline. You understand? With the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, wrinkles, dimples, whatever. He smooths it all out. You've got to get this. That's why you're going to study this for yourself. And you will mutter this and you will pray this. And these are the exact notes that you will have. So you will have this in written form and you'll be able to write on it, highlight it, add your other little notes, pray in the spirit and get the get this message through. This, when you come back here next week, doing what you're supposed to do this week, you will have a new face. Hallelujah. You will have your game face on. Hallelujah. We got this? All right, let's keep going. We're almost done. All right. His blood is precious. Oh, there's more. In its power to cleanse us from sin. Ah, okay now. You know, I'm, I'm cleansed, but I'm just. And all the high drama stuff or low drama stuff that happens. Let's look at the word cleanse. It means to literally clean or cleanse to make you clean, to purge, to purify, to take you from physical stains and dirt or utensils or food, a leper, to cleanse by curing, to remove something by cleansing. And it also means to be free from defilement of sin and from faults. Now it's getting interesting. To purify you from wickedness. To free you from the guilt of sin. To purify. To consecrate you by cleansing or purifying. To consecrate us, to dedicate us, to pronounce you clean as the priest, the Levitical priest, used to pronounce people clean. His blood does that. The blood of Jesus does that for us. Glory to God. Now, let's look a little further. You are, as the Levitical priest, pronounced clean. And I know the apostle will get into that, but, but a leper or, or whatever, whoever it was, they had to be pronounced clean before they, by the priest before they could come back into society. The blood of Jesus pronounces you clean. Scripture. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's the translation of that word, pronounces us clean from all sin on the inside as well as the outside. Oh, I know. We have to think on this. Let's keep going. His blood is precious in its power. See? Power wash? It is. It's precious in its power to wash us. The power wash of the blood to remove the stain of sin. Many of us walk around. I've heard this from a few different teachers. But we walk around still stained on the inside. Because we didn't know that the blood of Jesus is capable of doing 
We've read it, but the scripture talks that the blood of bulls and goats could not remove the stain. It could remove the sin, if you will, and it was an offering for sin. But what it couldn't do was remove the stain of sin, the remembrance of sin, the ways of sin. That's why they had to keep giving the offering, because they were sinning. But the blood of Jesus removes the desire and frees you up from everything that you thought that you were stuck with. This is where the, the breaking comes in the bloodlines. This is all these things. He says, I'll take the stain, the memory on your soul can be removed by the power of his blood. To wash, because the means to wash fully, to have remitted or to pay the price to wash off or to wash it away. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11, it says he was talking about some of this and some of this, and he said, and some, such were some of you, but you were washed. That's right. That's right. You were sanctified, set apart, but you were justified. He's arguing with him. No, yeah, you say this and yeah, you say this, but you were washed. What? You were washed. You were sanctified. Do you get it? Were is. This is that. They say were because it already happened for what you are. You are because you were. You got this. Because of what he already did at that time, you were washed. At that time, you were cleansed. At that time, you were redeemed. You're just coming into it. So this is that for you now. That which already has been done is now yours. Okay? You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and you were justified by the spirit of our God. This has already happened. But now as you realize it and receive it, then the truth, of what that is, is now to be seen in you. Can you see how this connects? It's already so. But when we receive it, we activate it. That's why I said that what he did was for one time and for all time. But what we do with it is not one time. This is what we do until the truth is seen about his blood. Everything the blood says will be seen through us. Okay, we are continually, and this is a little ahead, but we continually implement the truth of his power. This is what we do as priests. We use the power that is given to us to build upon what Jesus taught, what he did, and what he provided. Okay, so such were some of you, that's 1 Corinthians six eleven. Washed also means to, be, to bathe the whole person. And it's used to refer to the bathing or washing of a dead person, how they would clean the body for ceremonial burial. They would clean from head to toe, wash the body, clean out the cavities, whatever it is, okay, and to cleanse or to cleanse blood out of a wound. And he's saying here to, to what blood? The infection is what they're talking about. To cleanse the, the, the contaminated, to cleanse the, the dried up and the stuff that's blocking, the scabbing, to clean it out of the wounds. And the reference here is Revelation 1.5, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins. But what did he use? His own blood. 
in his own blood. That's Revelation 1, 5. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. He cleansed, he loved us, and he washed us because love is synonymous with the washing. <laughs> it's synonymous. It, it, it's a part of, it's, it's one of the components, if you will, one of the, part of the cellular structure of the blood of Jesus is the love of God for us. Your sins are not just covered. Now, the atonement is powerful because it means the atoning blood of Jesus does some, a different kind of covering, okay? You are washed. You are cleansed, free of all sin by his blood. Why am I saying you? You, 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 you. Because it's for us, us, us. It's for me, me, me. So do you understand? But this is how he said it. You were. Your sins are. This is what the, what the word of God says. This is the message to all of us. To whosoever has an ear to hear. By the blood, hear the voice of the blood of Jesus. Your sins are not just covered, meaning that they're covered the way they were under the old covenant of the Old Testament offerings where they covered the sins, but the sin, capacity to sin, was still abiding in you. He says, no, that's not the covering that you have now. Now you are washed. It is annihilated, removed from you so that you no longer have to follow the pattern of sin, Romans 8. That the law of the spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You don't have to sin if you don't want to. You can have it removed. Your capacity for it, your propensity toward it, and all those other big words that speak toward it. I like it, I like it, I like it. You can lose the taste. You can lose the taste. You got me. You can lose the taste for it. It'll go away from your tongue and somebody tries to give it to you. Mm -mm, no, no, I can't have that. I don't want that. You get that away. That may as well be a plate of worms. I ain't eating it. That ain't spaghetti. <laughs> got it? All right. So bring it home. It says, this is um, the scripture, Hebrews 7. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. Man, that's yeah. way beyond yeah. just being saved. That's breaking the tape and keep on running. Okay? Okay. Those who came to, who come to God through him, since he always lives, here it is, to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, he is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, as those high priests did, to offer up sacrifices. He doesn't need to do that. First, for his own sins, and then for the people's. Why? That's what they had to do. They had to do the performing of the sacrifices for their own sins, and then for the people. And we do that in the sense that we want to be cleansed before we teach before we touch that everything about us is cleansed before we do what we do but he said he doesn't have to do that every day because he did it once for all when he offered up himself he washed us covered us cleansed us free of all sin with his blood one time for all times and we can appropriate it as needed till it is no longer needed. 
meaning not that you'll never need it, but that it's become such a part of you that it, it, it shows the truth of it. People, you know, you won't be tempted to do. The temptation might show up, but then you're free of it. And another temptation, I mean, there's always a temptation to do something. But the more that we let his blood operate, ooh, I got three minutes, oh my God, okay. Um, the more that we got three minutes, the more that we have three minutes. <laughs> it's okay, actually, I'm right on track, okay. So he says, these sins, okay, once, this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Got it? Y'all got this? Okay. All right. So here's our final. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Last slide. Amen. And it is so.